Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Uh, really excited to have all you guys on. And this is uh, this is a Sunday where I'm usually not in the state. I'm usually in, preaching at a church in Texas and uh, doing some fundraising. And so it's uh, kind of special to be with um, my, my church family on the, the Sunday before the new year. Feels feels like a, it's, a, it's an important moment as we think about 2020 and we also look forward uh, to 2021. Um, we have been doing a devotional. I don't know how many of you have uh, participated in that, but uh, 14 day devotional, which started last Sunday. And uh, so that first seven days was kind of a looking back and a theme of repentance. And then uh, the next seven days is looking forward and uh, thinking about how do we move forward in faith in 20. Uh, 21 and if you if you haven't uh, done those devotionals yet you you can still do it and you and they're short so you could just read through the first seven days and catch up in a, a pretty short amount of time and you can find those on our website uh, the website uh, slash devo d-e-v-o so you can you can uh, look to, look at those um and so i thought a good way to look forward would be to take a look at psalm 90 and uh, this this psalm, I feel like it does, it sort of takes stock of what is and then looks forward. And there's actually some prayer requests at the end of this, uh, which we'll use to guide our own prayer time when we go into uh, breakout groups. But uh, it, this sermon is kind of a guided meditation through, through Psalm uh, 90. So it starts off, I'll, I'll reread those first uh, two verses there. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So pretty awesome, and, and using that word in, that, in its <laughs> real sense, awesome uh, the beginning to this Psalm. And we see here that uh, the, kind of the first point, God is infinite and eternal and we are in him as our dwelling place. The infinite and eternal God is our dwelling place. He is everywhere, always. He has always existed. Um, Moses is pointing here to the that he existed before the creation. Uh, he was here when we got here. He'll be here after we leave. He supersedes everything. A uh, little bit like our we feel about our parents, right? Our parents were there when we got there. And it feels like uh, they're going to be there uh, forever. And it's, it's very jolting when you, know, you do lose a parent because they are this kind of dwelling place. Uh, it's interesting. We sing songs like I'll be home for Christmas. Like, what is it about this home thing? And it's, it's like this home base, right? Where this is where I, you know, I got my start and this is where I can go and dwell. And, and be at home and we so we've got all our kids uh, at home right now uh, and uh, it's it's been rich uh, and I know it's been rich for us but I know it's also been rich for them because they've kind of come back to their dwelling place this place where uh, they got their start and um, it's it's been a, a, a rich time but what Moses is pointing to is a true and better home uh, where God himself is our dwelling. God himself and his presence is our home. And uh, 
this sort of begs the question, okay, well, that that's who God is and who we're dwelling in. What does that say about us? Who are we? And he gets into that in verse three, you return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with a flood. They are like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and is renewed and in the evening it fades and withers. So that's quite a contrast to the infinite eternal God. Human beings are, are seen to be uh, finite and temporal, right? They're, they're temporary. Um, and he speaks of uh, human beings returning to the dust um, and that definitely like pointing back to uh, when Adam is told from dust you were made and to dust you will uh, return. It, it compares our um, temporal nature to God's eternal nature saying for God, like a day is like, a you know, a thousand years or um, even a part of a day, right? Like, 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 like a thousand years for God is, is nothing, right? This is, this is like a, not even a full day uh, for God. Um, and then compares our existence to uh, a flood. Now think about what happens in a flood. One, the day before the flood, you've got a town, and the day after the flood, it's gone, right? It's very temporal. Uh, or like a dream, right? You have a vivid dream. Bill Cooley was telling us about some of the, some of his dreams that he he was he, he was having when we were having our prayer time before this stuff, and uh, you know it's like so vivid and it's like is that was that real and then but but no it is it's so temporary um, and then uh, like grass right we're full of life in the morning but then the sun comes out and then the the the, the grass is burnt up in the afternoon uh, very reminiscent of of Ecclesiastes right we had a lot of this. Uh, kind of uh, hevel talk that uh, human beings are like a vapor, like we, we're finite, we're transient, we are made of dust, and to the dust we will return. And so it's uh, quite a stark contrast to the eternal, infinite uh, God. And as, as you read that about yourself, you think, well, wow, why is, why is it so bad for <laughs> us humans? And um, he gets into that in verse seven it says, for we are brought to an end by your anger, by your wrath, we are dismayed. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are 70 or even by reason of strength 80, yet their span is but toil and trouble. They're soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Uh, and here Moses re reveals uh, some of the reasons behind why we are so finite and temporal is that uh, we are under just punishment from God, right? And this is known as wrath. Just punishment from God is known as his wrath. And this word uh, that's translated anger there literally means the flaring of one's nostrils. So it's a, it's a very, very vivid uh, sort of illustration of, of anger against human beings. 
And he explains the reason for that anger is our iniquities and our secret sins, that these things are before God or they're in the light of his uh, presence. And again, remember that God is our dwelling place. And so he's, he's tied back to that saying, okay, human beings, God's your dwelling place. And look, you, you have iniquities and secret sins, and those are in light of, in the light of his uh, presence. This word translated iniquities is, is kind of a combo of the idea of sin, but also of guilt. Um, the New American Standard translates this word guilty deeds. Uh, so you, you not, haven't just done something wrong. You're guilty, right? You're guilty under uh, the law. And then this is compounded by trying to um, hide it, right? These sins are so-called secret sins. Obviously, they're being exposed by the light of God's presence, but um, we're compounding our guilt. We see that as early as in the garden, right? Adam and Eve sin. What do they do? They hide. They blame shift. They're, they're, they're trying to uh, hide their guilty deeds. Now, you read that and you think, What's with all this anger and wrath? I mean, is God just moody? Is, is he just having a bad day? And whenever you see God's anger being described in the Bible, um, be careful that you don't attribute the way that you deal with anger to, to God, right? This is uh, known as an anthropopathism, right? This is taking a, an emotion uh, that's a human emotion and we're, we're using it to describe something about God. We want to be careful that we don't just take everything that we've experienced in terms of anger and, and put, it in, put it on God. Because God's anger is right. It is righteous anger. Uh, J.I. Packer, in his book, Knowing God, uh, he's actually quoting a guy named John Murray. And he says this, and this is righteous anger the right reaction of moral perfection in the creator toward the moral perversity in the creature. I'll read that again. And this is righteous anger, the right reaction of moral perfection in the creator toward the moral perversity in the creature. Packer goes on to com uh, comment on that saying, saying uh, on that, on that uh, writing saying, God is not just, that is he does not act in the way that is right, unless he inflicts upon all sin and wrongdoing the penalty it deserves. And so this, this, is, um, this is God's anger, right? His wrath. It's not he's having a bad day. He's in a bad mood. It is, it is right for him to uh, be angry at sin because he is morally perfect. Now, how are we to experience this truth? Well, the, the text actually tells us uh, in verse 7, and uh, ESV says, by your wrath, we are dismayed. Um, probably a better translation of that, by your wrath, we are terrified. A new international version, if you're looking at that, uses the word terrified. Uh, new American Standard uses um, terrified. And so uh, that is the, that's the appropriate response um, for a human being who is under condemnation uh, to respond to God's angry wrath. And even worse is if you're not even concerned about God's angry wrath, which is what he describes in verse 11, who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? Like he's asking this question. Here human beings are in this predicament, yet they don't even care. 
They're not even concerned about the wrath of God. So, so far, we've learned we dwell in the presence of an eternal, infinite God, uh, that human beings are, are temporal and finite, and that those finite, temporal human beings are under just condemnation from God because of sin. And if we stop there, it would be one of the most depressing um, scriptures that we would ever read, right? We would just leave this time terrified. Um, but it doesn't stop there, right? Verse 12 starts this list of requests. These are prayer requests that uh, are being prayed to God. And verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to your children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is a massive shift in the psalm, a massive shift. Um, I want to look at these requests, and, and there's a lot we could uh, unpack here, but uh, I want to look at least four requests that he's making, and uh, these four requests are all going to start with words that start with S because this is what preachers do, and uh, I can't help myself. So um, number one, the request is in the area of stewardship, stewardship. Um, he, he asked the Lord, teach us to number our days. Teach us to number our days, which seems to come pretty natural to human beings. I mean, I, I feel like we, we're always marking time, we're calendaring. That's, this has been going on throughout human history. Uh, and, and so here we are, it's the quote new year. Like what makes this different than any, you know, like, like any other time? Well, we're, we're marking our days. We're, we've been marking our days, looking forward to the end of 2020. We've been marking our days, looking forward to, uh, 2021. But, but more than that, um, Moses is saying your days matter. Your days matter. And you, you want to be a good steward of those days. You want to be reflecting on the days that have, have gone before. You want to be reflecting on this day. You know, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And But also looking uh, toward the, the days ahead and, and, and wanting to steward those days uh, well. Teach us to number our days. Um, the, the, the second request really is a, a request for salvation. This is your second S word here, salvation. Uh, he says, return, O Lord, right? Um, it, it literally, repent, repent, Lord. Now, obviously, God doesn't need to repent from sin, but he, he's asking him to re repent from or return from or turn away from uh, his wrath and instead give mercy to to withhold uh his wrath and so he he is basically asking god to save us from his wrath his righteous anger um against our sin and so this is the this is the second 
uh, request of, of, of salvation. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Um, the third is satisfaction, right? He says that he asks, will you satisfy us with your steadfast, in, in your steadfast love? Um, and anytime you, you see in the ESV, you see in the Old Testament, this word, or these, these two words, steadfast love, you can almost bet that, the, and, it, and this is what's happening here, they're translating the word hesed, which is the covenant love that God has for his people, Israel. And so this idea of a covenant love is, is that it is a one-way love where, where God has set his love on his people. It is unconditional. It is a gift. And so Moses is asking, God, would you give us satisfaction in your love for us, your hesed love, your steadfast uh, love, unconditional love for us, which will resort, res, result in our rejoicing and gladness. Um, it's such a, a sweet picture of, of receiving God's love um, and then that producing joy in in us regardless of circumstances right he's, he's not saying would you change our circumstances so we'll be really satisfied he's saying would would you help us be satisfied in love that's already ours it's already been given uh, to us and you see something similar when the apostle paul in ephesians is, is, is praying that the ephesians would know the the height and the depth and the with you know of of god's love that this is a supernaturally assisted kind of experience of of being satisfied in the love of god and in the fourth request i'm calling a request for success um, he's asking god to show his hand at work his, his his powerful work among his people but then he's also asking that that God would establish the work of the hands of God's people. So you got God's work and our work. Um, and so this is success, right? This is success from a biblical perspective is when God is working through our work. Um, this is something that is throughout the, the Old and New Testament where when God creates the world and he blesses Adam and Eve, and he says, I want you to rule and subdue. I want you to have dominion over this creation that I've, I've entrusted to you uh, to steward. Um, he tells them, be fruitful and multiply, right? He, he's like, I want you to be productive. I want you to be procreative. Uh, and, and so you've got work to do um, on, on behalf of me that I am entrusting to you. Then in the New Testament, we have Jesus saying things. Like all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go and make disciples. Same kind of idea where he's, he's like, I'm in charge. I've got all the power, all the authority. Now I'm going to entrust you with power and authority to go and make disciples. We even see this in Paul's writing as he says to Christians, you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Right? God's at work through you to then do good work. And this is true success when God is at work through uh, our work. Now, you, you may be looking at these four points and wondering how they fit together, right? God's eternal and infinite. Uh, we're temporal and finite. Humans are justly condemned uh, by God for their sin and deserve wrath. Yet, 
humans are, are loved steadfastly in such a way that somehow they are being co-laborers with God. I mean, how does this fit? Right? We uh, we got uh, we we gave Legos to our kids this year. I know that sounds strange because our kids are all 20 plus, but they all ask for Legos. So they sat around the table uh, yesterday or on, on Christmas morning. Uh, putting their Legos together, and and one of those sets was like, you know, expert level, and uh, so you have this pile of Legos that you're you're trying to put together, and you just want to do all these puzzle pieces, you know, all these Lego pieces fit. And I think Psalm 90 feels a little bit like that, where you've got these pieces, and and you can kind of extract these pieces out, but you're like, how how does this how does this fit? All this talk of wrath, and then steadfast love, and and um, of, of course, the only way that it fits is through the cross of Christ. It's the only way. You've got these two, uh, these two strands of truth running through the Old Testament of, of the deserved wrath from God, but then also his steadfast uh, hesed uh, love. And the, the, the way that this can work itself out is at the cross of Christ, where God uh, reveals or demonstrates is the way Paul writes it in Romans demonstrates his justice in Romans chapter three. And then in Romans chapter five, he says he demonstrates his love at the cross. And so justice and, and love kiss, you know, at, at the cross again from J.I. Packer's book, uh, knowing God. And he's quoting again, this uh, commentator, John, John Murray. He says, God loved the objects of his wrath, Strange statement, right? God loved the objects of his wrath so much that he gave his own son to end, to, to the end that by his blood, he should make provision for the removal of his wrath. And so this is, this is what we have coming together in this psalm is this uh, just God who is loving and this has been made possible or he's been able to be consistent with those, um, those characteristics uh, because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And the way you access that is through faith, right? Through trusting in this gift of forgiveness of your sin that's been given to you uh, at the cross. And uh, in John 3, 36, uh, it says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And so this is such good news, right? That um, that we're we're dwelling in this uh, this the presence of this holy and loving God, um, and through trusting in what He's done at the cross, uh, we can be brought into this re relationship of steadfast love, of covenant love, um, with God. So as I think about these um, prayer requests that, that Moses has in 12 through 17, again, I want, I want us to use these in, in our breakout uh, groups here in a minute, and I'll put these in the chat so that uh, you can see these again. But one is, uh, the one category is salvation, right? So it may be that you've never received this salvation, uh, forgiveness for your sins through faith, and so this morning may be your morning. And I would encourage you to to believe, to trust in what, what God has done for you on the cross 
uh, and, and to receive this steadfast love relationship that uh, is waiting for you uh, and given to you by grace. Um, but also the salvation uh, category would be for us as Christians to just be reminded of how good this good news is, how bad a predicament we were in, and how good news it is that we have been rescued from that and been brought into this uh, relationship with a, a God who uh, loves us with steadfast love. And in the area of stewardship, just confessing places in, in 2020 where, where we have not uh, stewarded our days well, we have not numbered our days well. I was, we were talking again in the, in the prayer time before this time, about sometimes we we've taken 2020 and we've treated it like we're kind of in limbo we're just kind of hanging out waiting for life to get back on track and and wow. how that is not what uh what god would have us to do he would want us to say what is what is going on in this moment how can we better you know steward this in the church and as individuals and so confessing that but also asking the lord to, to help us number our days in 2021 asking him to make our hearts wise, as the passage says, uh, in regard to how do we move forward as a church and, and as individuals. Um, and then satisfaction, to confess those ways where we've sought satisfaction outside of uh, the, the steadfast love uh, of God. And again, 2020 has been a real tempting uh, minefield of temptations, of, of just seeking something to satisfy us. And and uh, all along, there was our ultimate satisfaction waiting for us, uh, the steadfast love of God. And so confessing that, but then also uh, looking forward to deeper and deeper knowledge of the steadfast love of God in 2021. Um, as, as we lean in to this, uh, of our, this is what satisfies our deepest needs. And then uh, the fourth category of success. So thanking God for his work among uh, us as individuals and us as a church in 2020, um, in spite of the challenges, man, we've really seen some some glorious things happen um, in the midst of, of these challenges. And I mean, even the fact that, that you guys are all on this call and we're worshiping together on Zoom and we're almost a year into this crazy pandemic. Uh, I, th I think that's a real testimony to God's spirit at work just in our church and continuing to to work among us. And so thanking him for that, but also uh, praying that he would give us success in the, in the next uh, year and success being as uh, this passage defined the, uh, defines it, that God would be at work uh, and that he would um, find us willing participants uh, to be uh, at work in his name uh, in the church and in the world uh, as well. So let me, let me pray for us and then uh, we're gonna sing in, uh, one more song and then we'll break into groups and pray together. God, I'm grateful um, for this song. I remember the first time I really took time to, to dig in and to study and meditate on this and what it, what it meant to me. And I pray it would be meaningful uh, to those who are listening now and will we'll watch this, uh, this week. And um, Father, thank you that we do dwell in your presence. That, that you are our ultimate reality, that your love for us uh, is, is what meets our deepest needs. We, we bring those needs to you this morning. God, we are needy, and our hearts are so prone to wander, to, uh, to seek satisfaction in lesser things. And we confess that this morning. We confess that 2020 was, was certainly a, a minefield of those kind of temptations. We 
pray you'd forgive us. Uh, we pray you would give us strength to go forward in 2021 uh, as individuals and also as a church uh, that you would teach us to number our days. Would you help us, God, uh, to make the most of um, the opportunities that are before us, um, that we would see you glorified in our church, glorified in our ministry, um, that you would see our mission flourishing uh, both uh, online and in person, God, and, and we, do, we pray you give us a heart of wisdom uh, to, to understand uh, how to move forward in more fruitful ways. And uh, we pray you would draw near to us uh, even now as we reflect on this passage, as we sing a song together, as um, we pray together here in a few minutes. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.